Hey, redheads and everyone else listening. I'm Stephanie. I'm Adrian. Today's episode is by far one of the most exciting ones, I think, because we get yeah, asked the one about it all the we're time. We're really excited for. I mean, we're yeah. excited for every single one, but this yeah. one has been a long time coming. It's been right? a long time coming because we need to find like the perfect guest for it. And we wanted to talk about it, but we wanted to talk about it with like the right person. So this episode is all about pain and how redheads deal with pain, the pain of being a redhead. And do redheads feel more pain? Like do they experience more pain when they go to the dentist? Do they need more anesthesia when they're getting put under? Correct. So we have Dr. Daniel Sessler on today. He is so awesome because he has studied redheads. Um, Not only that, but he is an anesthesiologist and he's a doctor and he's a researcher. And we'll talk more about his bio, but he was quoted in the New York Times in a 2009 article. And the title of the article was The Pain of Being a Redhead. And if you Google it, you'll see that it's a picture of redheads and it basically talks about the MC1R gene. And the MC1R gene is what makes redheads redheads. And why that gene can make redheads feel more pain, can, you know, make them need more attention at the doctor when they're going under. And it goes through and then it's quoted, uh, Dr. Sessler is quoted. So we reached out to him and said, hey... We are the founders of How to Be a Redhead. We would love to talk to you on our podcast about the pain of being a redhead. And he responded back saying that he would love to talk about it. It's something that he studied. This was 10 years ago. And he said that he, you know, he studied it because he was so interested because he heard a lot of colleagues talking about it. Which I thought that was fascinating. I thought that was so cool too. I was like, wow, it's something that in the medical field, right? Because I'm assuming that he's around a lot of people in the medical field all the time. They must be talking about how cool it is or how interesting it is, probably the way that the body's made. The and redheads then, need certain yeah, amounts right. of anesthesia more than others. And then all That's these cool. myths out there, whether – and I think in a doctor's mind, obviously we're not doctors, but they want to know the facts. So I think maybe that right. also got him to do this study because he heard chatter amongst his colleagues, probably started reading all this stuff and saw these myths. And I know when we feature stuff like this on how to be a redhead, especially on Facebook, you see everyone's comments. Always. My dentist had to give me extra Novocaine. I needed extra anesthesia. No, nope, my doctor said there's no pain. So it's definitely back and forth. You hear it on, and all the time that we're seeing, okay, Nope, that redhead didn't need more anesthesia. Yep, this redhead did. And it's just really interesting. I I like going to the dentist. And the dentist doesn't bother me, but when I was reading his study, the study is focused on redheads who are at the dentist and being put under. Okay. And if they need more, right. so I don't think it's like when you're getting like a cleaning. No, no. I, I think it's, I think more it's of when, when they're you're numbing getting, stum- something. Yeah. When I got a cavity done, is that the same thing? They Well, they numbed it. I wasn't out. Like yeah. wisdom teeth. Okay, so I thought this would be a good opportunity for us to share some stories. Yeah. Um, so when it was 2005, I was a senior in high school, and I have never had any surgery in my life to this day except for wisdom teeth. Yeah. And it was 2005. My mom took me in to go get my wisdom teeth out, but before I had to get a consultation. And the doctor was like, oh, you're a natural redhead. You're going to need more anesthesia. They said that? Right away. And mom and I just looked at him like we had never heard of such a thing before. And he was like, no, it's a thing. Like, you need to read about it. I've read about it. I'm going to actually give you more. Is this Dr. Bebro? Oh, no, that no, was never mind. That was no. Our, this was that like was another. Yeah, this was another doctor. He okay. was like a surgeon. 
And I thought that was so interesting. So I read a little bit about it and I've always kept it in my back pocket. And if I ever like need it, because he used to always say, like, if you ever go under, you have to let your doctor know. Wow. And so now my husband now has red hair and he has had so many surgeries. Like, so does he need more anesthesia? Plus, well, he went in for for um, this operation, I think when he was in high school for his thumb or one of his fingers. And when he went in. His mom is also a redhead, my mother-in-law, and had mentioned to the doctor, like, my son's a redhead. He's going to need more anesthesia. Wow. And the doctor agreed, put him under, and gave him so much anesthesia that he didn't wake up for three days because he had so much. That's crazy. Then there was another circumstance where he had surgery on something else, and they didn't give him enough anesthesia, and he woke up in the middle of surgery. So I thought about like having him on to like talk about all this, but it's like very long and like really who cares about all of his surgeries? Like it's like long stories. But those are basically like the two short stories where he is like, no, redheads need like a certain dosage. And I think like that's what I'm so interested in. I know everyone's different. Because why? I mean, I know we'll get into this with Dr. Sessler, but to me it's amazing because – It's so – it's so crazy. I – yeah, I just find it so fascinating. I can't even, I mean, I'm kind of speechless when I, when we talk about the topic or write about it on how to be a redhead and again, posting on social media, I guess I just find it another unique trait about us, but, but I really find it fascinating. And they always say though that redheads like don't actually deal well with anesthesia once they have it. And I don't actually have this on our podcast, like questions to ask, ask him, but maybe it's something to ask. And of course, every patient's different. But Stephanie, I don't know if you remember because like you were so out of it. But when you had like that surgery on your tonsils, yeah, you really didn't do well with like, I know it was like pain medication after and stuff. But like, I felt like you had trouble afterwards coming out of it. Yeah. Oh, coming out of it? I yeah. don't remember. Oh, I remember the building on the east side in Providence. Yeah. Who brought me? Your mom and dad. Oh. And I just remember, and then I was thinking when Josh was like, yeah, I really don't do well when I get put under. I was like, I wonder I if I remember Stephanie... being really painful. You do? Well, yeah. Yeah. It was really painful. This was back when? 2009? Right when the study was done. Yeah. So that's interesting. Anyway, I just have so many questions. And obviously, he has studied this. He is an anesthesiologist. He is the one to talk with. Um mm-hmm. He has a really interesting background about, you know, just to how he got to this point. Yeah, he attended medical school at Columbia University in Manhattan, and he completed pediatric and anesthesia residency at the University of California in Los Angeles. He's now currently the chair and the founder of the Department of Outcomes Research at Cleveland Clinic. And um, the Outcomes Research, they currently coordinate more than 100 100- more than 100 studies, including a dozen large multi-center outcome trials. And Dr. Sussler's papers have been cited in more than 25, more than 25,000 times, which I yeah, I looked so at that number and I was like, what an accomplishment to, you know, to be so successful and to create, to conduct all these studies and then be cited all of those times by other publications and, and all of that stuff. So, Again, we we wanted this podcast for so long and to talk about this and it's something that this New York that New York Times article has always kind of been bookmarked on yeah. my 
Chrome bookmark it's thing on my too, computer. But it's, it's just well. It's done. so informative, yeah. yeah. And the way he's quoted in it, and it's an honor to have Dr. Sessler on. So we're super pumped. So let's call him up. The H2 Bar Box is now offering a deluxe version of the Beauty Box, sent out four times a year, in addition to the monthly box. You now have two options for enjoying the beauty subscription box for redheads. The monthly box is worth $80 plus, and the deluxe quarterly box is worth $250 plus. The deluxe box will be available for sale on August 1st, and the first quarterly shipment rolls out on September 15th. Each and every product is Redhead Friendly approved. Head to h2barbox.com to subscribe and use code PODCAST to receive 20% off. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's really an honor to talk to you. We really researched you and all of your success, and so we thank you for your time. So we'll jump right in. Um, You began studying a redhead sensitivity to pain after hearing chatter from colleagues and urban legends do say that redheads have trouble with needing more anesthesia and are more sensitive to pain, specifically at the dentist. Can you share with our audience about your initial interest in the topic? Yes. This is a study we did several decades ago, actually, and it started with an urban legend that redheads were difficult to anesthetize, that they were more likely to have minor adverse events during anesthesia, that were harder to put to sleep, um, and maybe had more bleeding. So based on that, we did a study evaluating whether redheads more needs compared with people with other hair colors. And the results were quite interesting. They showed that on average, redheads require about 20% more anesthesia than people with other hair colors. Wow. Now, of course, this doesn't mean that every redhead needs more anesthesia than every person with other hair colors because there's population variability. But on average, redheads require more. And that turns out to be the only phenotype for anesthetic requirement. By phenotype, I mean something that you can see as opposed to a genetic test, for example. So walking down the street, if you see a redhead, natural redhead, of course, uh, you can know that they are going to require more anesthesia. And there is nothing else that you can tell by looking down just looking at somebody walking down the street about their anesthetic requirements. So this is the only thing that we know of. Wow, that's That's really fascinating. fascinating. I'm sure that you really found it fascinating, like in your career and in your field, that that is so true. And that's, that's really incredible. Well, it is interesting. And it's even more interesting than it might sound, because it turns out that how anesthetic gases work is unknown. And this is remarkable if you think about it. So 160 years after the invention of anesthesia, we don't know on a molecular basis how these drugs work. And we know very well what they do to people. We know how to safely anesthetize people. Anesthetic mortality is now so low that it's almost impossible to quantify. So we can safely anesthetize people, but remarkably, we don't know the molecular mechanism by which volatile anesthetics keep people asleep. What's interesting about the red hair study is that red hair results from a mutation of 
a receptor. It's called the melanocortin-1 receptor. And the fact that redheads require more anesthesia tells us that the melanocortin receptor, or a related receptor at least, is involved in anesthetic requirement. Okay. And so it gives us, again, a window into how anesthetics work. Wow. Okay, so it's basically the MC1R gene is the reason That's right. why we need more anesthesia? Or Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Well, it's it's why redhead redheads have red hair. So I should step back and explain that red hair is different from other hair colors. So you have the access from blonde to brown to black hair. And the, those colors or shades of hair result from differing amounts of melanin. Melanin is a black dye, and it's what makes black hair black. And if you have a little bit of it, it makes your hair brown. And if you have very little, you have blonde hair. So those three shades of hair color are on an axis. Um, and that's what I would say is normal hair color. Okay. Redheads are different. Redheads all have a mutation of the melanocortin-1 receptor. And because they have a mutation of this receptor, they cannot make melanin. So redheads have no melanin in their body. Instead, they make a related dye or colored compound called pheomelanin. And pheomelanin is red, and that's why redheads have red hair. But red is not related to blonde. Red is not between blonde and brown. Red results from mutation, and it's completely different. I had no idea. That is yeah, so I didn't fascinating. <laughs> now that you explained it that way, I'm, I I it feel so honored sense. to have it. I know. I know. Me too. <laughs> I'm like, wow. I never looked at it that way. I guess I always just thought about it on the on the color spectrum as like, okay, well, red hair is like some form of something. Right. But the fact that it's on its like completely own category is is really fascinating. Right. Okay. Now, uh, here's an interesting fact. All Neanderthals had red hair. Oh. So oh, really? part of the Neanderthal, yeah, part of the Neanderthal genome is a melanocortin one receptor mutation. So all Neanderthals had red hair. Scientists are unsure whether the reverse is true. You mean that everyone had red hair? And then Right. Right. And then there was just like basically oh, like how unique gosh. we are. So it was reversed. Oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. So when you when you were doing these studies, were you surprised by the outcome or were you expecting it because of your knowledge on the topic? No, I was quite surprised because normally when you do a study based on an urban legend, as it were, um, you do not confirm the legend. Almost always it turns out not to be true. And in fact, it's it's so unlikely to be true that we almost never do this sort of study. Usually we do studies for much more compelling reasons than that. But we took a flyer on this one, and yes, I was completely surprised that uh, it turned out to be true. So then when this, when you found out your findings from the study, what did you hear any special or any, um, I guess, other, what did your other colleagues 
say or how did other people in your field kind of respond to the study? Well, um, I think everyone was a little bit surprised by this. Uh, we've done a number of follow-up studies. So we did another study evaluating pain sensitivity, and we found out that redheads are, in fact, more sensitive to pain than people with other hair colors. That finding is a little controversial because it depends exactly on what type of pain you do it and what the circumstances are. Okay. But in general, we find that redheads are more sensitive to pain, and they are resistant to local anesthesia. So when you give redheads local anesthesia, they get less benefit than people with other hair colors. So things hurt more with a local anesthetic than they would in a redhead than they would in somebody who has other hair colors. And perhaps because of that, redheads are um, afraid of going to the dentist because they have bad experiences there. So they go to the dentist, they get a standard dose of local anesthetic, and they don't have enough pain relief. Mm. They don't have enough analgesia. And they have a bad experience. And the redheads learn this, and after a while, they, they become afraid of going to the dentist and actually avoid dental care. Wow. Yeah. Dr. Sessler, we were talking before we had called you, and I shared a little story about my husband, but he had told his doctor that he needed more anesthesia. He's a redhead. He's a redhead, natural. And uh -huh. um, he woke up during the surgery because they didn't listen to him. So then the second time he went in, they gave him, they were nervous that he was going to wake up again. So they gave him too much and he couldn't wake up for three days. So okay. he's very sensitive <laughs> of anesthesia. He's very sensitive. So now he's like petrified of getting surgery because he's like, what do I do? Like, what do I tell them? I'm not a doctor. So I'm sure it's frightening, you know, if you're like in his shoes and getting surgery. Yeah. It must be scary. Okay. Well, um, I think most anesthesiologists probably know about this. And in any case, the dose of anesthesia that people require does vary. It's not exactly the same mm. in every person, of course. And one of the reasons that you have an anesthesiologist with you every minute during an anesthetic is to adjust the anesthetic and get the right dose. So redhead or not, anesthesiologists adjust the dose constantly wow. and try to get the right amount. Anesthesia is not a switch. It's not something you turn on and off. You have to get the right dose. And it's further complicated because anesthesia has many components to it. So preventing consciousness is one, but pre preventing pain is another. Preventing memory is a third. Controlling um, your responses, your physiologic responses, like keeping heart rate and blood pressure under control is another one. And uh, people need to stay still also. So we have to get all these things right. Oh my gosh. And it's, it's a delicate balancing act. Right. Usually we succeed, but very occasionally um, people do remember what happens during anesthesia. It, it's, so, it's rare, but that it can't That is so happen. crazy. Yeah. And going back to our question about after your findings, what your colleagues, if you heard anything from them, but how about redheads? Did you hear from 
redheads, once your findings, once they were released to the public and featured in, let's say, like that New York Times article? Um, from hundreds of them wow. <laughs> over, over decades. And, wow. and I still hear from redheads. Yeah. And are they sharing their story or are they more just fascinated and thankful? They're and, probably thankful. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess they they see it someplace and um, and then they find me, write to me. Yeah. And do you have any, I guess, um, plans in the future to do any other studies relating to redheads? I know that you said that you've already done several. We don't have plans at the moment. The, the topic remains interesting. Yeah, it does. I bet. Right now, right now we're focusing on other things. I, I don't currently have plans to do redhead studies. Yeah. Yeah, well, we want to thank you for doing the studies and for coming on the podcast because it's so, you know, like I said, it's an honor to talk to you. And we want to um, just say that we were reading through the study and we're like, it is so fascinating. Even Stephanie and I being natural redheads, it's crazy that you're born a certain way and you have to be aware of certain things and it's kind of a big deal knowing that you need to have more anesthesia so and, and thank you for pain. finally confirming too that redheads actually do need anesthesia and it's not an urban legend okay <laughs> well thank, thank you, you so, so much, much dr sessler oh it's it's a pleasure okay all bet. right bye-bye okay bye-bye the H2Bar box is now offering a deluxe version of the beauty box sent out four times a year in addition to the monthly box. You now have two options for enjoying the beauty subscription box for redheads. The monthly box is worth $80 plus and the deluxe quarterly box is worth $250 plus. The deluxe box will be available for sale on August 1st and the first quarterly shipment rolls out on September 15th. Each and every product is Redhead Friendly approved. Head to h2barbox.com to subscribe and use code PODCAST to receive 20% off. How fascinating, right? I can't believe it. So we... Wait, can we, we just say though? Yeah. We can confirm the redheads need more anesthesia. It's and not then an we... We... Um, I'm drawing a blank. Sorry. Um, pain at the dentist. We ex experience more, more pain... pain. But in different situations. So it could be pain at the dentist. I'm assuming pain during childbirth. I don't know. We were talking about this before when we yeah, were driving I, earlier this morning. I really liked his point, And I know why he was saying it. He was saying that being an anesthesiologist, that there are different levels of what he needs to be aware of when putting someone under. He needs to be aware of consciousness and he needs to be aware of their pain. Yeah. He needs to make sure like they don't have memory of that time like there's a lot of things so what he was probably saying was when people go to the doc a, a dentist they have to be put under that anesthesiologist not knowing about a redhead might not know okay like i've got them to be unconscious i've got their pain level normal maybe their heart rate and and blood pressure is great they're not moving but he probably checks off all the boxes but yeah but they're not concentrating on that pain maybe being a little bit more elevated because That's really they're redheads. fascinating. Yeah. And I thought it was so fascinating. We're not all on the same spectrum. I kind of always thought in my head, okay, you have the redheads or you have the blondes, redhead, brunette. That it was really cool. That was really right? cool to hear that. And how we're our own separate category yeah. based off of what makes us redheads. I know. It's so, it's so interesting. I thought it was really, you know, I like, like you said, I've, 
seen these CNN articles and I've seen like right. the New York Times with him quoted. And so I really think we've pumped. even used his quotes in articles. So it was oh, just sure. really cool to like talk, talk to him. him. And he's like on another another level of intelligence as well. I mean, like he could right. probably talk about how people that they, they think that redheads at one point were like the common hair color. I know. And reverse was for yeah. blondes, brunettes, and isn't that so crazy? That is crazy. I'm going to research that tonight. And That's I'm happy really cool. he, I'm, I find it really amazing. Someone like him in his field, you know, heard all of this chatter and all these myths and then just decided to conduct a study to prove it. And he said and, he was very surprised because he thought it was going to be right the opposite, that redheads didn't need it. And I know. He, he said that when you see a redhead walking down the street, you can see them and say they will need more anesthesia. And that is not the case for anyone Any, else. Anyone else. Yeah. Well, we're rare and unique, redheads. <laughs> another reason, another, I guess, cat uh, thing to include in our characteristics as to why redheads are amazing. So want to help us spread the word and the news about the How to Be a Redhead brand and this redhead podcast? Please give us a five-star review and tell your friends, redheads, and everyone else to subscribe. You can listen to this Redhead podcast directly on howtobearedhead.com, on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to look at the podcast notes to find links with everything mentioned from what we discussed with Dr. Sessler and so much more. Rock it like a redhead. Redhead.